Well, good morning. We're so glad that you're here. Those of you who woke up and actually drove here, the frozen chosen, the ones that get out and aren't afraid of the roads, good for you. We're glad that you're here. Those of you who are home, if you were surprised when you got up and you couldn't get out, that's fine too. We're just praying that we can start the new year in a good way. The best way to do it is some worship. So why don't you stand with us, those over here. the world, but it couldn't fill me. A man's deep rays of the treasures that fade are never enough. And you came along and put me back together. And every desire is now satisfied here in your To show you my weakness, my failures and flaws, Lord, you've seen them all, and you still call me friend. Who's the God of the mountain? Is the God of the valley? There's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me. You may be seated. Welcome to Oakwood Community Church. My name is Pastor Ben. Uh, it's great to see some faces here present with us this morning. It's also great to know that there are many joining us online uh, from your living room, maybe your bathroom, or maybe even your bedroom, just taking a nap. But we appreciate you guys being here with us uh, in any capacity that you could be to worship God this morning. 
Uh, a couple of quick things. Uh, if you are new to Oakwood Community Church, you might recognize, you might not recognize this, but this is a welcome bag. Uh, if it's your first time here with us or if you're new to Oakwood Community Church, we'd love just to get a chance uh, to exchange some information. A simple phone number, an email, so that we can contact you with some opportunities about how we can get you connected here at Oakwood. Now, if you visit the hub in the back in the lobby, uh, we can get you one of our free Oakwood mugs, one of these fun little bags, and it also helps us connect to you. Uh, did you, if you're, did you call it the hub? Um, the it's oak. The oak. I'm sorry. He, he called it the hub. I'll do, take. Do I'll, youth pastors in the new year have an opportunity just to change the names of our things? I'm just giving you a hard time. That was one of the things we did talk about. That's an old school name. We talked about the hub. So it's called the oak. If you go out there and look for the hub, they'll probably point you to the oak. It's 2021. Some things never change. I guess Pastor Ben's still sleeping this morning. Thank you, Pastor Don, for allowing me to uh, fix my mistake. Uh, but if you're watching online, uh, and we'd love to connect with you as well, so you can get connected with our connection card either through our church app or on our church website. Uh, the last thing before I embarrass myself further, uh, we have our student ministries starting to meet again this week. Uh, so our high school is meeting tonight in the building. Our uh, Middle school will be meeting Wednesday here in the building, and then our college ministry will be meeting on Thursday evening here in the building. If you have any questions about that or our winter camp that's coming up for our middle schoolers and our high schoolers in February, please reach out to me. Let's pray together as we continue to worship uh, God this morning. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning just excited, excited for a new year, excited for uh, things that are coming up, Father. And as we look into this new year, we just well, we know that you're already there. Uh, so no matter what comes, no matter uh, what changes happen over this next year, no matter what events, Father, we just thank you for being present there with us. Father, as we worship you this morning, we just ask that you'd help to prepare our hearts. You would help to wake us up. You would help us, help to reach us in the place that we're at this morning. Father, we thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I love to give Pastor Ben a hard time. You don't see it, but he actually turns red on the back of his bald head. <laughs> That's where he shows his embarrassment. Believe it or not, I give Pastor Don a hard time sometimes, too. <laughs> yes, he does. He can give it out, too. But we're thankful for Pastor Ben. We're thankful for all of our pastors. I asked Pastor Shane to come up and lead us in communion after we go through our first worship set today. It is communion first of the month today. So, you know, the last song we sang, Graves into Gardens, is a great song for a new year. He turns mourning to ashes. He gets, well, he gets beauty for ashes, turns mourning to dancing. Turns shame into glory, turns graves into gardens, turns bones into armies, turns seas into highways. He's the only one who can do that, amen? Why don't you stand with us as we do that one again? You turn one into dancing, you give beauty for ashes. Turn shame into glory. You're the only one You turn praise into goddess. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the
Jesus, the name above 
seat and welcome. Happy New Year to all of you. I don't know, I'm a little afraid because this is my first time leading communion with this new thing and after Ben just messed up, I'm likely to do that this morning too. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, it's a joy to be able to celebrate uh, the new year and celebrate communion with you. My name's Shane. I'm one of the pastors here too. If you, if you haven't met, I'd love to connect with you. If you're watching online, I encourage you to uh, go ahead and grab some juice, crackers, bread, whatever you can uh, so you can participate with us. If you're here and you didn't get the elements, uh, they're on the back table. And if you're looking for the gluten-free ones, they're on the uh, uh, lobby kiosk counter out there too. So you can make sure you can grab those uh, so that everybody can participate if they want to. Uh, as we head into the new year, it's a great time uh, to celebrate communion. Uh, this is one of those things, one of the couple of things that Jesus instituted as things for us as the church uh, to do regularly, uh, to remember uh, who he is and what he's done for us. And we just went through the Christmas season, like Petey said, 
uh, celebrating the birth of Christ, uh, the hope that came into the world at that time. And as we head towards communion, uh, that's ultimately a picture of what Jesus came to do for us. And I was thinking back as I was reflecting and praying and preparing for today, and communion actually is tied back to the Old Testament Passover. When Jesus, I think it was in uh, Matthew 26, uh, Mark 14, if you read those passages, uh, he was at that Last Supper celebrating the Passover meal uh, with his disciples. And the beauty of what he did that night uh, was connecting the Old Covenant uh, and instituting the New Covenant. Uh, the Passover, we won't read all those uh, passages, but if you look back at Exodus 11 and 12, uh, you may remember the Israelite people were enslaved uh, in Egypt, and uh, God put it on Moses' heart to go and uh, tell Pharaoh, let my people go, right? And there's this, this process over and over and over again where Pharaoh's heart is just hardened. Uh, and, and Moses, he knew he wasn't a good speaker. Uh, he, wasn't, uh, he was trying, let my people go, but he wasn't really having much effect on uh, freeing the Israelite people. Uh, and God made it clear throughout that whole process, it wasn't Moses, it wasn't people, it was God who was redeeming them out of that slavery in Egypt, who was rescuing them from a hopeless situation. And the, the last plague that came along, you read about that in Exodus 11 uh, and Exodus 12, uh, it's, a, it's a horrible situation uh, where this last plague, God's going to show his power, but he's going to punish uh, the Egyptians uh, by taking their firstborn child. And the whole Passover situation where they find a, a spotless lamb and they, uh, they kill it and they put some of the blood over the doorposts of their house, the Israelites' houses, so that the angel of death will pass over their homes and spare them from the wrath that was coming from God. And ultimately, as we head towards communion, we look at Jesus being the Passover lamb, the spotless one, the sinless one, without blemish, without fault. And we know that's not us. We are enslaved. We're stuck in sin without hope apart from Jesus and his love for us. And he is the Passover lamb that was sacrificed. And it's his blood that spares us from the wrath of God that's to come. And we know that God doesn't want that. He's a loving God. He wants all of us to come to know him and put our trust in Jesus. He has provided the Passover lamb. He has provided something we could not provide for ourselves by sending Jesus to live a sinless life, to die on the cross. His blood covers over our sins so that we don't have to face the wrath of God that is to come because we have forgiveness through faith in Jesus Christ. Nothing we can earn of our own, nothing we deserve, but it's a gift that we can freely accept through faith in Jesus. And that's what we celebrate when we come together to celebrate communion. I encourage you guys, if you haven't made that connection uh, with the Passover in communion, go back and read those passages, Exodus 11 and 12, uh, Matthew 26 and Mark 14. And then we pick it up uh, as we celebrate uh, what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians um, 11. I think on verse 23, he says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, he took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And Paul also wrote during that time to encourage us to make sure that we don't do this in an unworthy manner, but that we, we search ourselves. We make sure that our hearts are right with God. If we haven't accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is the time to do it, realizing that, that he has come into this world to give you hope, a new life, forgiveness, an opportunity to be in a relationship with him. 
a great time to just admit your need for Jesus and ask him to come into your life to save you and Lord. But I'm going to give each of you guys a minute here, uh, just for some quiet reflection. Reflect in your heart where you're at this new year and your relationship with God. Uh, confess any sins, make things right, uh, express your, your gratitude for him, and then we will move forward and celebrate for you. So just a moment of silence here for you guys to reflect and search your hearts, and then we'll come back together. together in remembrance of him. And continuing on in 1 Corinthians 11, Paul said in the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. struggled, if we've walked away from you this past year, uh, your mercies are new every day, and Jesus' uh, body and blood broken and poured out for us as a remembrance of the forgiveness that we have through faith in Christ, not as a result of our goodness and our works, because of your love, your grace, your long-suffering patience with us. So I pray as we head into this new year, we remember daily the sacrifice you've made for us, and that we'd walk with you in the newness of spirit and in determination, Lord, to show your love uh, to others as you've shown it to us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Shane. Came to my conclusion quickly that I would prefer Pastor Shane leading us in worship and give me a moment to catch my breath these crazy days when I'm leading worship and preaching. It's insane to do everything. I don't need to do that. And just so you know, we've been adding regularly to our worship team. We are constantly having new people interested. We're full at this point. We have all of our teams full for the quarter uh, through March. But if you're interested, uh, we're trying to keep it from high school up. So I've had a lot of requests for uh, middle schoolers and actually uh, Elementary kids, too, want to be part of the band. I love that. Uh, maybe we'll have a day where we bring some of them up as well. But uh, we, we had a new one on stage today. Did you see Kim, everybody? Kim Dimasaus, thank you for joining us. 
Thank you, thank you. Appreciate having her with us, and uh, we're adding people um, throughout the teams, and you'll see that as you go. So thank you, Pastor Shane, for leading us. One thing's for sure. If, if a Christian somewhere would be industrious enough to come up with a good portable communion set, you would make millions because there's really only a couple on the market, and they're all terrible. So somebody get on that. Let's get something that we could eat that actually tastes a little bit like bread, and something that I heard Pastor Shane cough as soon as he drank his. It gets you in the back of the throat, and it's terrible. And so, boy, we, I know somebody can do better than that. Who are you engineers out there? Get on that. So uh, we want to get that fixed somehow. We're, we're constantly looking for something new that isn't as bad. But again, it goes back to my statement. It's not about us. Communion, the Lord's table, really we should put us in the back shouldn't we? So maybe it's a good thing that it's not uh, the best buttered bread in the world, right? Because then it would just be about us. We'd end up in trouble like the people in the New Testament who were gorging themselves when they came to the table. And they had to be recommended, now don't go eat at home, the Bible says. Eat at home, come here for the fellowship and communion. So we put things into proper perspective. Happy New Year, everybody. Did you have a good New Year's Eve celebration? Did you? My New Year's Eve went out like all of 2020. At about 10 o'clock on New Year's Eve, Charter's internet went down. And all of my services are streaming services. We couldn't watch the ball. We, we did. We, we all gathered around my cell phone and watched the ball drop. Uh, on my, and I thought, this is so... 2020. And you'd have thought in, in today's world, when the internet goes out, you'd have thought we went through all 10 plagues. I mean, it was, we we're all like, this is awful. I'm calling charter, like as if somebody's going to show up on New Year's Eve and save my, my internet. So uh, 2020 went out just the way it, it was all year, it seems like uh, a pain. But I am so glad we are flipping the page. You get that, right? It was great yesterday. I'll, I'll, I'll get on our, our secretary. She, she stopped me in the office and said, Shane messed up. What is this? It's broke. Something's wrong. I'm like, no, no. That's 2020 flipping to 2021. It's supposed to be like that. You with me on that? Everybody thumbs up. So he didn't make a mistake. It's just, this is 2020 going away. 2021 is here to stay. Woo! We're happy. I, I like this picture I saw. Don't you feel like we're jumping off the cliff? We're just, let's, let's leap out of 2020 and leap to 2021. Goodbye, old, hello, new. That's what we're excited about. And at Oakwood, the first Sunday of the year is usually our state of the church address. Listen, I mean, come on. You're with me, right? I don't want to. I just don't want to. There's not much to say about the state of the church right now. Nothing's normal. Nothing's like we want it to be. Nothing's like we planned it to be. I can't stand on stage to tell you the top 10 goals that we, we hit because we just survived. Amen? Anybody else think that it's okay that if we can just celebrate the fact that we survived, we're still here. The church is still here. It's still alive. We're moving forward. And so this is not really a state of the church address today. It's my opportunity to remind you at Oakwood who we are. There's a couple of things I always share at the beginning of the year. One of them is our motto. You can see our motto on that wall as you walk into the door. It's emblazoned on the wall in big words. We are growing a great family, grounded in faith, guided by grace, going in love. You know, you're supposed to change those every two or three years, they say. I just, I love our motto. I just love it. It still says who we are. I like the first words, growing. I hope you're okay with the fact that we're growing. And it 
during Corona, we don't know. We just don't know who. We might be a church of 800 right now. We don't know. We have no idea who's, who's online with us. We don't know an idea who stayed. Our elders have worked really hard to try to contact the people on our list to make sure they're still with us and okay. But really, it's hard. That's why state of the church is, is kind of a depressing thing to do. Uh, we're, we, we don't know. But we do know this. We are growing a great family. And if you give Oakwood a chance, you will find family here. Some people are disappointed. They don't seem to find what they're looking for. And, and I, I just always think in the back of my mind, uh, my mom always told me, if you want to have friends, you got to be a friend. You catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. That's what she always said. Anybody have a southern mama? I got a southern mama. She used to tell me those quotes all the time. You catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. I'm telling you, there are people that show up here at Oakwood, and they are brought in, they're, and they're, they're made to connected. Uh, they join small groups, and, 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 and life is good. And those that struggle to get involved and struggle to get connected, we're here for you. Let us help you. I know there can be connection for you. You got to try. You got to stick with it. Contact Pastor Shane. Say, hey, I need to get in a group. He'll find something for you, somewhere where you can connect. We're growing a great family. Grounded in faith. I tell you this all the time. When you come to Oakwood, when we preach, we're going to be preaching from this. It's God's word. We're not going to preach from the Washington Press or the Oakland Press or the New York Times. We're not going to talk about hot topics. We're going to go to Scripture. For the last five years, we've been in the Gospel Project. We started in Genesis. We're going all the way to the maps, book by book of the Bible. Basically, it was an overview. We're getting close to being done, but we're going to take Scripture, read it, explain it, tell it how it applies to your life. We're grounded in faith. By the way, the Gospel Project has about two more months. We're finishing up the last books. We're in the Second Peters, the Jude's, the Johns, and all those kind of things toward the end. And then we're going to end the Gospel Project with our own series in the book of Revelation. And then we'll be done five years of chronologically going through Scripture. The Revelation series, by the way, if you're into end times and you know how everything works out, you know what everything means, and you know exactly who the Antichrist is, and you know exactly that this means this and this means that, you're not going to like my series. Because I'm not going there. I'm not going there. Uh, We always think it's about us. Trust me. Trust me, when Hitler was alive and well and doing his thing, everybody thought, for sure, he's the Antichrist. Everybody alive in that day thought, it's about us, it's about now, it's the end, the Lord's coming. Could it get any worse than that time? Well, we're in hard times, and you can find things in Revelation that looks like it's all about today, but I'm not going to go there. You know what the Bible says? Blessed is those who reads this book. Look up Revelation chapter 1. Blessed are those who read this book. It's supposed to be a blessing. If you read Revelation and you go to bed scared to death, you're doing it wrong. It's supposed to be a blessing to your life. And so I'm going to just lay out Revelation as best I can, but don't look for me telling you that, that this symbol is the, this new tank that just came out and this symbol is this new jet that came out. I'm not doing that, so don't be disappointed. You can go listen to Jack Van Empey or somebody else and they'll help you with all that. We're going to just talk about the Word. But we're grounded in faith. Guided by grace, you know what I'm going to say here because I say it every time. This is the one we're constantly working on. Being guided by grace. Oh, to think the best of everybody. To always think the best and not choose to think the worst. To love people more than we love ourselves. To be guided by grace is a hard thing. But we want to do that. That's our goal. 
and then going in love. That's been one of my biggest struggles with 2020. We didn't really get to go and do much. We didn't, our SOS really wasn't functioning in that capacity where we were out serving our Savior, doing projects in the community. I can't wait to get back to that. But I'm sure that you were still going in love. No matter what happens when you leave here, you're entering the mission field, go and, and love people to Jesus. That's our motto. Say it with me. Would you just say it with me from the top? Growing a great family, grounded in faith, guided by grace, going in love. And that leads us to our mission. Our mission is to multiply Christ-like disciples who are, and this is all the descriptions, podcar, P-O-D-C-A-R, that's how you remember it, podcar, P, passionate about their God, obedient to God's word, dependent on God through prayer, connected to one another, authentic and relevant in their witness. We could change that up too, but I like it. Mark, I just like it. I'm settled. I like my model. I like our mission. We are developing or we're multiplying Christ-like disciples who are passionate about their God, obedient to God's word, dependent on God through prayer, connected to one another, authentic and relevant in their witness. That's a lot, isn't it? Try to keep that in front of you. Uh, I have it in print if you want to stick it in your Bible to remind you of it. If you have a calendar or something, I'd write it out there so you see it quite often. This is who Oakwood is. And then today, instead of doing the state of a church address where we tell you all the goals we accomplished, we tell you all the new goals, you know, it's really hard to set goals not knowing and so we're not, we don't have official goals yet for 2021, uh, but we, we do know we're going to try as soon as we can to get going 100%, uh, try to make it a safe place where people feel they can come and gather. We're praying that this thing is done so people, we love seeing faces. We love seeing people in the seats. Those of you who have been at home, we've missed you. We hope you're still connected. So instead of doing the state of the church, let's just talk about this whole New Year thing. I found a passage that deals with it. Our big idea today, I must look forward. Everybody say forward. I must look forward, keeping my eyes on Jesus and standing firm in his kingdom. Get your Bibles or a gadget and get over to Philippians 3. I want to read this with you. You follow along as I read it. Philippians 3, 13, 4, 4, 1. So we're reading through Philippians starting at 3, 13 and we'll go all the way and read verse 1 of chapter 4. And this is Paul. And I love what Paul has to say here. We can apply it to a new year. He says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Oh, that that end of 13 and 14, that could be a life verse. If you don't have a life verse, you can cheat and take that one if you want. It's a great verse for Christians. It's a great verse for saying goodbye to 2020 and to say hello to 2021. Did you hear what he said there? Forgetting what is behind, straining toward what is ahead, I press on. There's a sermon in there, I think. I think there's a sermon in there, a couple of points we want to give you today. He goes on. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you do, you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. 
For as I have often told you before, and now tell you again with tears, many lives, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. We eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Verse 1 in chapter 4. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. Stand firm. Paul says at the beginning, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. He had just been talking about Christ, all that Christ is for the believer. And he, can you imagine Paul at this age, he says, I have not quite fully got it yet. I, I don't quite fully get all that Christ is. Don't you want to be like Paul, growing old and still wanting to know Jesus more? That's what Paul was doing here. I find just a couple of things I want to point out. Number one, he says, forgetting the past. Forgetting the past. Don't fight me on this. Some of your minds are already turning, thinking, well, PD, we should always remember. We should always look back. Yes, yes, there, there is a, 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 we need to modify this a little bit. We need to quite understand what Paul is talking about. I, I need to explain to you what Paul is saying when he says forgetting what's behind reaching toward what is ahead forgetting the past you can imagine paul thinking about all the bad can you imagine paul as he's writing this he's got a past i'm sure paul wants to forget that he once tormented the churches that's his past paul was a tormentor of the church there was no one worse than paul he says no one was more zealous than i we know that he at least held the coats for people as they stoned christians he he was complicit in murder we don't know for sure maybe at times he had the rocks in his hand we don't know that's paul's past i'm sure as as paul is writing this he's saying forgetting what is behind just forget about that how about we forget about the sins how about we forget about the hurts how about we forget about uh the disappointments the dumb decisions That's why I like that we have a new year every year. Aren't you glad that December 31st comes and we can think about it and say, you know what? All that's behind. I press on. Looking forward. If there's been a problem with sin in your life in 2020, then confess it, forget about it, move forward. Don't don't live in the guilt of your past. You know that God promises to forgive and to forget. If you bring it to him and say, God, I am wrong in this and I need help in this, confess it, then move on. Move on. Forgetting the past. How many of you are ready to forget the bad stuff of 2020? Anybody ready to forget it? Let's forget it. Let's forget it. I don't want to live there anymore. It is gone. Hopefully we're jumping over to 2021 and we've got a new outlook. But don't forget in this whole thing, when you forget what is behind, we're also forgetting the good. Paul is sitting here telling these people, I forget what is behind. You know what? He's got credentials, accomplishments. His past 
tells us that he's quite something. I mean, all the churches know of him. When a letter shows up from Paul, they're like, we got a new letter from Paul. Wow. Somebody stands up and reads it in front of the congregation. He's known. Paul says, you know what? All the junk from behind, leave it behind. But all the good stuff, too, that's in the past. Can I tell you a, a, a balance of what I'm trying to explain today? It is good to understand what happened in the past to help you move forward. But what Paul is saying is, I can't reach forward. I can't lean into what's coming if I'm looking backwards. And he goes into this whole analogy of a race. Back in the Olympics, the first Olympics, these are, these are the original races. I mean, uh, they did it a lot different than we do on television. Number one, they were naked when they ran. We just can't televise that today. And, and they all were running a race. And you know, anybody ever run track or run? Anybody a runner? They tell you, don't look back. If you're running... You need to keep your focus and eyes and everything moving forward. You need to be leaning in. You need to be falling over your front feet because you shouldn't be looking back. There's a ton of examples online. Google looking back in a race. And you'll see all these races where the guy who's winning simply looks back. And as soon as he looks back, he gets passed. Looking back slows you down. And that's where Paul's going with this analogy. He's going into an analogy about a race. And running a race. And so he says, forgetting what is behind. The bad and the good. Forget the bad. If 2020 was the terrible year for you, put it in your past. If you did some terrible, stupid things, put it in your past. Bring it to the Lord. Lay it at his feet. Let it go. Move on. But I also want to warn us, we need to make sure we also let the good stuff be in the past. So many churches live on what they used to be, and they die. I think it's the saddest words in the English, English language, I used to be. Have you ever said that to your kids? Josh, I used to be quite a basketball player. Yeah, I, I used to score 25 points a game. I, and eventually you find yourself saying, that's really sad, I'm, I'm talking about what used to be. That ain't no more. <laughs> and if you live in your past, if you're, if you're not willing to forget what is behind and you're living in the past the whole time, you'll never reach forward. You'll never lean into what's coming. You'll be living in the past. So many churches in America are living on what they used to be. There's churches that still talk about their great bus ministry in 1982. We were bringing in a thousand children in our bus ministry. I'm not knocking the bus ministry. My dad was the bus captain of our bus ministry, and we had 10 buses at our church. We were bringing in a thousand children at one time. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine if we had 10 buses out in front of Oakwood and they brought in a thousand children and they sat in here all obnoxious and moving all the time and getting up and going to the bathroom and sneezing and coughing? We, we had a church like that. Our church was a straight pews until the front. For some reason, we had the stage and then we had pews going this way, facing the, and that's where the kids sat. Great idea. Can you imagine a poor pastor trying to preach and keep everybody's attention when everybody's watching the kids? Everybody's going, what's that kid doing flip four over there? That kid just threw up. That kid just peed his pants. Oh. And the pastor's trying to preach and chaos is on either side of him. Oh, but churches live in their past. We had uh, incredible this. We had incredible that. 
Remember our 17, in 1976 when we did the, the, the uh, Rah Rah America and we had the flag on stage and it was a huge musical? Boy, that was great. And churches live thinking back. There's nothing wrong with celebrating the past. But if all you do is celebrate the past, you're never going to get anywhere moving forward. Sometimes you just got to say, amen. Thank you, Lord, for what it was. But we need to move on. We have to keep going. And Paul says, forgetting what is behind, not in a negative way. I got a couple of quotes because I wanted to temper this a little bit. Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. Today is a gift of God, which is why we call it the present. Let's live in our present. Let's live in our gift from God, which is today. We can't live in the past. And then this one balances it. Life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forward. Amen? Sure, we got to remember, and we've got to look and see what can we learn. We always have to remember backwards to understand where we're at, why we got where we're at, but it must be lived forward. So Paul says, forgetting what is behind. I know it sounds harsh, but he's talking about a runner who's in a race, and he can't live doing this the whole time. He can't live moving forward saying, boy, was I great at mile two. Everybody look at my mile two. I hit my mark. Oh, mile two was the best thing that ever happened to me. Mile two was the best I'm ever going to be. Everybody look at mile two. You got 10 more miles or more to go. Stop talking about mile two. Forget what's behind. Move forward. Number two, Paul says, look forward. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Hebrews 12 and verse 2. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, sat down at the right hand of God. We've got to be looking forward and we have to be having our eyes on Jesus. We lose a little bit of the understanding of what Paul actually said here in Philippians. He says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize. Well, what's the goal? People have come up with all sorts of things about the goal. But honestly, when you read it in the Greek to understand what Paul was saying, he, he, was, he actually said, I, I press on toward the goal marker. He's talking about a race here. And back in their races in their day, they used to have big poles in the ground. It was called a goal marker. It was directional. You had to know where you're running to. If you don't know where you're running to, you're never going to win. You, if you take the long way around, you're never going to win. You've got to head straight toward the goal marker is what Paul's talking about here. We've got to keep our eyes on Jesus. As we look into the, the, the future here at Oakwood, we've got to keep our eyes on Jesus. He's the goal marker. We focus on him. We keep our eyes on him. There's a great quote in a hymn. Old Hymn, 1863, by J.S.B. Monsell. He had three names, then a last name. That's incredible. J.S.B. Monsell. The hymn was called, Fight the Good Fight with All Thy Might. I want to quote just one chorus. Run the straight race through God's good grace. Lift up thine eyes to seek his face. Life with its past before thee lies. Christ is the path and Christ is the prize. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't be confused about what Paul's saying. The past is in the past. I'm focused on that goal marker. I've got to head this way. Keep your eyes on Christ. And then we got to have clear focus. 
I hope in 2021 you have some clear focus in your spiritual life. I, I pray that you're not, I got some knots here, not distracted. Are you willing to put those distractions behind? Paul in other places talks about putting off every weight that weighs us down when he's talking about a race. Nobody goes into a race with combat boots and a backpack on. You don't go into a race with that on. You're never going to win that race. You won't even survive that race. 70-pound backpack with army boots? No, no. Put it all down. Are you distracted going into 2021? Is there something you need to put down? Put it down. Don't let it distract you. Do not be discouraged. Are you discouraged heading into 2021? So many bad things happened in 2020. If you're going to keep looking back, you're probably going to end up being discouraged. Stop looking back. Look to Jesus and don't be discouraged. He's for you. We sing it in our songs today. He is for you. He is for you. I guess we're going to sing it. That's the blessing. We're going to sing that at the end. He is for you. And finally, not defeated. Believe it, there's one thing for sure is you're not defeated. Remember when we talked about in comfort and joy? Satan can't steal this from you, your destiny. You're not, you don't need to be defeated as a believer. If you're feeling defeated, look to the goal marker. Look to Jesus. Do not be distracted. Do not be discouraged. Do not be defeated. That's what it means to be looking forward. And then he says, I press on. I press on. Say it with me. I press on. You weren't ready, so say it with me. I press on. Oh, I love Paul. I love how the church has read this and hopefully got encouraged. So it's not about the past. I'm a new thing. I can come to Christ and be forgiven of my sins, and now I can move forward. I press on. Pressing on means walking like kingdom people. Did you see what he said in the middle there? He said, their destiny is talking about people that, that don't know Jesus. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. Their glory is their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. That's why I remind us here at Oakwood all the time, we're kingdom people. We're kingdom people. We are not of this earth. We are not of this world. We're aliens and strangers, the Bible says, First Peter. We can't have our mind only on what's here. We have a destiny. We're kingdom people. We're not of this world. Colossians 2, verse 6. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. Press on. Continue. Keep moving forward with your eyes on the goal marker. Walk like kingdom people. 1 Corinthians 10 and 31. So whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. And everything you do in 2021, it should be done to the glory of God. Jonathan Edwards, famous preacher of old, he's, uh, he's famous for having written quite extensive um, resolutions. I don't remember the year it was, but between two years, he wrote down his resolutions for the coming year, 70 he had 70. How many of you have 70 New Year's resolutions? How many of you forgot to do one? Did anybody forget to do it? Okay. <laughs> oh, 70. He wrote them out. And then that, at the end, they, they've seen his writings. At the end, his last one probably was resolution 71 because it says, make sure you read these at least once a week. Read them. Remind yourself. 
to press on. So many resolutions are made this time of year, and most of them have to do with weight loss. Amen. Lord, help us all. Oh, help us to be less than we are today. <laughs> oh, and you know that most people fail, right? Most people fail within the first two weeks. Did you, did you clean up from Christmas yet? Did you do the purge? We did the purge. Yesterday, my wife grabbed all the sweets and all the goodness and all the glory of this world, and she threw them away. And she announced it. It's going. It's going. It's gone. Oh. And then we try to be resolute. I don't know about you, but two weeks from now, I'm going to be like, where is my peanut butter Buckeyes? Where is my Christmas cookie? Where is uh, Marty's peanut butter brittle? If you had Marty's peanut butter brittle, oh, man, the best ever. Oh, two weeks from now, I'm going to be doubting my resolution, my resolute. I'm going to be a little less resolute than I feel today. But Jonathan Edwards says, no, these 70 things, one of the 70 that sticks out to me, he said, at the end of the day, I want to sit down and think about what I ate and drank that day, and did I do it the right way? Did I do it the right way? Maybe we should forget diets and just think like that. <laughs> did, I, did, I, did I do eating and drinking the right way today? Does it glorify God? At the end of the day, that's the question we should ask, right? We should be pressing on. Walk like kingdom people walk. Secondly, in that, we need to think like kingdom people. You probably ought to start there, because unless you change your mind, nothing's really going to change. Change your mind. Think like kingdom people. If you're thinking like earthly people, something's wrong. The Bible says their destiny is bad, because their mind is on earthly things. We're kingdom people. Our minds ought to be set on things above. Romans 12, verse 2 says this. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind. Kingdom thinking. Kingdom people need to be kingdom thinking so they can be kingdom walking. And Paul's telling us how to do it. Forget what's behind. Look forward. The goal marker, Jesus. And then press on. Press on. Tim May sitting in the back. Oh, on Facebook, he keeps posting how many miles he, he did. What's your goal every week, Tim? Six miles a day. Oh, and I just wait for the update, sitting on my couch watching football. I'm like, man, I hope that lazy bum did what he's supposed to do, sitting on my leather chair. And he does it. I'm proud of you, Tim. I am. I'm just, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of all y'all that you set your mind to something and you say, I'm going to do it. But I believe that you have what it takes when it comes to your spiritual life too. Like Paul, forget what's behind. Look forward. Press on. Press on. And then lastly, stand firm. Standing firm. Stand your ground, believer. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Stand firm. Don't be moved. One thing I want to make sure you get today before you go home, and it's indelled in your mind, I want to remind you, there are ditches on both sides of the road. You can go far right and be in a ditch. You can go far left and be in a ditch. There are ditches on both sides of the road. Stand firm. Don't move. Hold your ground. Stand your ground, believer. 
Don't let Satan bump you one way or another. Don't let other people guide you off the road. Don't be in the ditch. Be in the middle of that road, balanced. One thing's for certain. If you find yourself in a ditch, you can always go back and find out where you got off course. At some point, you made a turn. Here's what I want to warn you about in 2021. Don't be moved. You know, if you're walking for 10 miles straight ahead, all it takes is a little move like that. Did you see me? Did you see it happen? Did you see it? I just made a little move. But if I follow that path now for quite a while... You can see how far off I am. And then, and then if I get moved maybe one more time, I just, did you see it? Did you catch it? It's just a little, but now if I move that one for a couple more, now look where I'm at. And if I, oh man, I did it again. Look how far off track I am. And, and you can't go back and say, oh my goodness. People do this all the time. You ever see the news when the guy next door kills the cat, the dog, the neighbors, and his busload of children or something? And, and then they ask the neighbors, and they always say, he was such a great guy. I wonder what happened. As if he was living a great life, then all of a sudden he turned sideways. No, no, I guarantee you, in every life, it's not a matter of walking straight and then making about face. It's about walking and then getting off track just a little bit, just a little angle at a, just a little bit at a time. And you play that out for half a year? You play that out for a whole year? You find yourself in the ditch. You're off the road. That's why I want to warn us, be careful. Be careful of the ditches. I'm afraid going into 2021, this is my biggest fear. There are obvious ditches both right and left. Are you with me? Are you listening to what Pastor Don is preaching this morning? We need to be very careful that we don't get off the ditch, even if it's in the right. (laughs) Don't run yourself off the road, believer. The ditch is a ditch is a ditch. You're going to find yourself. You ever got a corner that you've seen that people drive too fast on? There's one on my way home that, that motorcycles crash on. Shh. <clears throat> Apparently motorcycles always go down on this S curve. They go a little too fast. My, my father-in-law lives at the end of his road. It's a, it's a hard 45 degree. It's a hard turn. And inevitably, in the snow, somebody forgets, and they're going 40 miles an hour, and you can't do 40 miles. And eventually, there's always, and then, to make it worse, I don't know, I don't know if the county did this on purpose, but they made like a five-foot ditch. It's just this huge ditch in there. So all you got to do is just barely not make it. And if you just get that front tire in that ditch, kaboom. He laughs. He says, I found another truck upside down. He says, boy, I really know what F-150s look like upside down. Because of that ditch, they roll over. They roll over. Oh, Christians, don't find yourself in the left ditch. Don't find yourself in the right ditch. The world's watching. And I'm telling you, what they're seeing right now is believers that have really crashed into that right ditch. And to the world, they're just seeing, how come they're upside down? Aren't they believers? Aren't they Christians? Don't they go to that church? Why are they upside down? Why are they upside down? Guard yourself. Forget what's behind. Looking to what's ahead. Press on. Stand firm. 
That's what the Lord told us to do. Stand for the Lord. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I did two earlier, but I'm going to go back and do verse 1 with it. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Hold verse 2 up there for a second. Don't let it go. So what can I do in 2021 that's different? Well, offer yourself. Offer yourself. Your whole self. That's what God's looking for. He's looking for believers who will forget what is behind, look toward the goal marker. It's Jesus. Keep my eyes on Jesus and press on and stay in the middle of the road. Don't get into a ditch upside down over here or a ditch upside down over here. Stay on the path with our eyes on Jesus. That's worship. And then do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Uh, there was an old preacher when we were teens, they used to take us to him all the time, and he had a famous, uh, uh, don't let the world squeeze you into its mold, and it had a, a picture of a globe, and it had a person all smushed up inside of the globe, and, and he used to preach on worldly stuff, and uh, don't conform to the pattern of this, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and prove what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. As you go into 2021, I, I pray you're not just looking like, like you don't know what God wants you to do, like if it's a, some hidden Christmas Easter egg hunt that you got to discover. I talked to so many people like, I just don't know what God's will is. I just told you what God's will is for your life. If you're worried about what color shoes to buy, black or brown, and you're praying about in a store and you don't have a clear, just pick one. Okay, just pick one. It has nothing to do with what God's will is for your life. God's will for your life is forgetting what is behind, looking ahead, keeping my eyes on Jesus, pressing on, and standing firm. That's God's will for your life. If you buy brown shoes instead of black shoes, it'll be okay. What, what about picking a wife, Pastor Don? Well, good luck with that. Good luck with that. You know what the best thing you could do if you're looking for what, what, who, what, which wife I should... Well, then forget what's behind. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Press on in your Christian walk. Stay in the center of the road. You might find the right one. You might find the right one. I don't know what college to go to. Go to the cheap one. Get the, get, the, get the diploma. I don't know. I, I'm going to tell you, so many Christians are out looking for this secret thing. I don't know. And if I make some misstep, then I'm out of God's will forever. And it's toast. Do you have a father like that? I don't have a father like that. You want to know what God's will is? Live your life for him. In the middle of the road, centered, focused on Jesus, and you'll be fine. That's where the blessings are. That umbrella, I believe that's where the umbrella of, of God's blessing and covering and things come to you. Things, he blesses you as his children as you keep your eyes on him and follow him. So in 2021, don't make it more difficult than it is. Press on. Stand firm. Let me pray. And then we want to recognize some people this morning. And then I'll have the band come up to close us out. Father God, help us as a church. God, we want to be everything our motto says. We want to be growing a great family here. We want to be grounded in your word, God, grounded in faith, guided by grace and going in love. So help us to keep our eyes on Jesus, press on, and stand firm, God. Help us. Help us to do that. 
I pray that in Jesus' name, amen. Before I move on to the closing, we're recognizing new members and people who've uh, accomplished the uh, disciples' path. We have a discipleship program here at Cal- uh, Oakwood, sorry, at Oakwood, where you can get matched up with somebody and they will mentor you through this disciples' path. And it's a total of six books, correct, Shane? Total of six books. We have quite a number of people who've actually accomplished all six books, and that's a good accomplishment. If you're here this morning and uh, you're not going to be here for the 11 o'clock service and you completed the disciples' path, would you let me know that you're here? I think most people are showing up. Adam's already completed it. Good job, Adam. Anybody else? Okay, I didn't want to leave anybody out. At 11 o'clock, we're going to recognize uh, those people, as well as people that are becoming new members. If uh, Melissa contacted you and you're on our new members list and you're here at 9 and not at 11, would you raise your hand and let me know that you're coming into membership? Anybody here? I think most people were told to come at 11. All right, wonderful. Okay, so for those of you who are here, you're going to get ripped off of that wonderful thing. I didn't count, but I think there's at least 15 people coming into new membership, which is a great thing. Um, We'll somehow make that uh, so you can see that you get to know who they are. Uh, We want to make sure you welcome them into our body as well. And and if you're at home and can make it here for the 11, uh, we encourage you to do that because we'll recognize those new members and those who completed the Disciples Path. There was a lot of people who completed the Disciples Path too. I was thankful for that. It looked like at least... um, maybe 10 or so, 7 to 10, that it completed that. If you're interested in that, let us know. If you're interested in church membership, let us know. There's only three things that's required. You have to have a relationship with Jesus where he's forgiven you of your sins. You have to have been uh, baptized by immersion. It doesn't have to be at this church, but baptized by immersion. And then you've got to go to Discover Oakwood. It's this one-time class. And we meet on a Sunday afternoon feed you lunch, and talk about who Oakwood is, what we believe, let you ask questions. If you complete all three of those things, in there is an um, um, interview with Pastor Don or one of the pastors or elders, and uh, then we will bring you into membership. So uh, be praying for our new members and make sure you welcome them into the body. I'd ask our band to come and join me. Whenever we do communion, we end our service by doing the blessing. It's our benediction song. We used to do this. You know, come together in the middle, hold hands, and we just better not do that. Check mark, I switched over to that one. Why don't you stand with us and receive this blessing as a benediction today. If you want to stand in that pose of receiving while we surrender to you guys this blessing. Lord be with you. Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you.